Shut up and sit down. What's up, brother? D. Hodge, I'm very happy to finally be on your podcast. It's a long time coming. We've been it we've is. been chatting for a while about it, and uh, yep. yeah, I think kind of the way we were the way we were talking the other day, and and getting into the NBA and what we were talking about just before we started, you know, was a mm -hmm. perfect opportunity, super timely on a number of different yep. levels, and um, yeah, more, more than anything though, it's just good to good to see your face and and have a chat with you because it's been ages and ages and ages. How you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, everything's good. Uh, living in Taiwan has really made life great, you know, due to the pandemic and, and our performance here. Yeah, absolutely. My uh, friends and family all over the world, they still can't get over the fact that everything's pretty much status quo here, and it hasn't really changed. Has um, it so at all? Great. Yeah. Has it at all, or have you guys kind of sailed through? Uh, honestly, a little bit of uh, worry. It was really worry worrisome at the very beginning, you know? Everything I did was like, oh, God, I got, I, I had, I have a bottle of disinfectant right in my front of my house. I have one in my car. I have one in my office. Um, obviously, I kept using the gym the whole time. So it was like after almost every set, it was like spray the hands. That's what I um, Yeah. You know, basically, it's just worrisome. You know, like you're in the worry phase. We, we ratcheted up controls. We're a mask place. I'm, I'm, I'm mask. I'm pro mask, you know. 100%. Um, I believe in it because. We've been wearing masks over here since I got here, you know, uh, since 03 when SARS, we learned from that. So uh, we mask up hard, uh, but it was more like, uh, you know, masks were always like a, a courtesy. If you got sick, you wore it. Um, but it, it just got to a point where every public space you had to mask up. And now they've, they've relaxed that. You don't have to no more. There's just like the post office, you have to mask up uh, the high speed rail, like any okay. kind of public stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's mostly precautionary. And right now, the government in general is just sort of uh, doing their uh, extra precautions for second wave right now. They're being a little bit more vigilant than they were in the first. So feeling pretty good, man. But, uh, yeah, like echo the fact that it took me a minute to get uh, on the pod. But <laughs> honestly, what we're going to talk about today, I'm so glad we saved it. Me I'm too. so glad we could, you and I could almost talk about anything. You know, we could be daily if we wanted to, right? I agree. We, we could. Uh, we share a lot of common ground and we have some differences, but I think with this topic, um, I'm, I'm fired up about it and um, I'm glad you're well. And I hope most of our, our friends and, 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 and uh, people that follow you tune in and I'm just glad to support you. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, the determination you've had and how you've been able to really keep it going and make something of this, man. I appreciate really, it, man. Really, yeah, I like love it. I love, I love it. Like I, I love it that one of my friends has made it work, you know, because it's not easy, right? It's not. It's not easy. It's not being, it's, it's hard being consistent, you know? It is. It's hard it being is. consistent. It is. And, and, and putting the work in is, it, you know, it's, it's everything. And, and like-minded people gravitate towards each other. And, and that's why I've always, yep. you know, enjoyed our interactions. Um, yep. and, and I've been super looking forward to this. Like you said, we could have done this ages ago. We could have done this a couple of weeks ago. We waited. It's a perfect time yep. to do it. So yep. much stuff has transpired. As I said before, it, it's got a number of different levels to it. And for me, this is a, you know, it, it's the whole cliche, right? You never work a day in your life, you do what you love. And yep. that's what this is all about. This is well, what I knew you were. I, 
I knew you were serious about it when, when you jumped it off, when you started it from day one, you were Apple podcast writing. And I was like, Oh fuck, he's serious yeah. because it's not easy to dial that in when you don't know it. You know, one of the things about my situation is I never dialed that in mm. at the very beginning when I was uh, interested in podcasts, I was just uploading them on SoundCloud. Why? Cause it was easy. Right. You know, I, maybe I didn't want to do the work. I was a little bit you know, impatient with it, but I knew right from the start when you were ready to go on Apple, I was like, he's, he's in, he's in. in. So what, how, how many at now? This is 137. I think this okay, is, so one, is yeah. 138. Hey? Yeah, I think this is 138. So well, full um, disclosure, my bench press is more than 138. Okay. <laughs> well, after this lockdown, I've only been touching a little kettlebell. So mine's probably about 138 at the moment. But uh, yeah, Side, sidebar before we get into it. One of my Go favorite on. complaints that you used to have on Facebook is when Facebook would flag you for your workout videos that had music playing in the background. You get yeah. so pissed. You get so pissed at that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And I miss those posts. I subsequently got kicked off of Facebook and it started happening on Instagram as well. So, oh, it? yeah, it, it's it's the life of uh, recording workouts, I suppose. Yeah, but. That, that was that was like, you know, because we all got like our lanes, hey, like in what we do. You know, I'm trying to get Brent to be the quote guy. Nice, oh, man. Like, you know, like, like, like inspirational quotes. He threw some up a couple of days. I'm like, that's your lane, bro. Get into that lane. <laughs> but your lane was workout vids, which were great. Cause I loved your transformation for where you went where, and where you are now. That was cool. That. It's always good to see. It's always good to see a friend, like make that move, you know, and really go hard. Um, but like you being pissed and typical <laughs> classic Daryl Hodgett style, like no hold back, let it out, let it all hang full profanity it was great i loved it yeah well uh brent, brent brent would come over and be like don't you love how d hodge gets pissed off at uh facebook for fucking deleting his videos he's talking about it all the time and it was like okay if i gotta worry about facebook if i gotta worry about twitter if i gotta worry about instagram where am i gonna have any sort of outlet to have these kinds of conversations to have Parlor. this kind of you know this kind of right what's that parlor subscribe star all those like uh, fringe platforms that have well, been this is it, right? And and the migration uh -huh. towards those type of channels is, you yeah. know, it's it's almost like you turn the light on when the cockroaches are there, you know, to to use sort of a metaphor, they just scatter. And when the biggest platforms do this kind of censorship and yep. you know quality control, people yep. will go elsewhere. They won't disappear. You won't eradicate them because you've switched them off. It's a lunas. It's a ludicrous idea. It is. It is. <laughs> It, it completely is, which is a whole series of podcasts on its own is protecting our freedom of speech. So absolutely. Um, but let's get yeah. into this. And before do we this. do, before we do, okay. can you just can you just introduce yourself to okay. to the audience for us, please, Brooke? OK, sure. So um, um, I'm Brooke Day, uh, Canadian expat living here in Taiwan now for 17 years. Uh, professionally, I'm an executive in the fitness industry. Uh, I represent um, a world-class brand called Anytime Fitness over here in Taiwan. Proudly say that out loud and, and, and match my personal views with it. Um, obviously, whatever I say should not reflect on the brand, um, but I'm proud, a proud, uh, proud representative of that brand. Um, I've been in the fitness industry my whole life. Was a basketball player, um, played college hoops, uh, was a high school All-Canadian and a all-star at many levels. I uh, never got to all-conference in uh, college uh, because I left college early 
Uh, I didn't I didn't spend the full time. I I I moved on quickly. Um, but uh, uh, dual degree holder, uh, bachelor's, uh, master's. Um, you know, basically just a everyman dude who uh, is trying to make it in this world, and, and you know, got my eye on a future political uh, a life, which you know, uh, as you can tell, uh, day twenty twenty four is no joke. It's real, and we're in the process <laughs> of making the right connections and doing the right things. So, uh, my views are my own, and Love I don't it. run from them ever. Love it, and yeah. that's why I was so keen to have you on, especially talking about this issue because. You know, like I said, we're both longtime basketball fans. That's how we actually met through our mutual friend who you mentioned earlier, Brent. Um, yep. And, you know, as you said, we have a love affair with the NBA, yep. with basketball as a whole. And I found myself drifting away from the game for a number of different reasons, but it's only been in the more recent past that we've kind of tied in, I guess what do you want to call it? The, the socioeconomic, the political stance and leanings of the NBA and how they conduct themselves in terms of social justice issues, uh, foreign markets, what they're willing to take, what they're not willing to take. I don't know. How, how would you define the conversations that we've had? Uh, well, we would have to go through it and rank it, which pisses us off the most. Right. But yeah. you just mentioned earlier, like it, at the beginning there, you were like saying drifting. Yeah, I've been drifting too. I think I think part of drifting is part of getting in the age bracket that we're in. We're in the like get shit done kind of bracket, which 100%. means that we're not as much fanboys as we once were. Like I, I watched the the you know the transformation for me of being in love with the bad boys, um, in love with uh, that team, and then really being involved in college basketball and loving college basketball. And then drifting away from college basketball and not really loving a team anymore. And then starting to really like players, like say in my twenties and early in thirties to the point where it's just like, ah, you know, I just really, uh, up until recently, I just, I, I always said to people, I'm a fan of the game. I love yeah. the game. And I felt like as far as a quality of perspective, like the way the players played, and I know you and I have disagreed with this before, yeah. is that I thought the league was in a good place skill wise and talent wise. Um, I know that there's a little bit of back and forth with that. But I, I really did feel like the players themselves um, were mature. Uh, they're conscious young men. And they really were. The quality of players was really high, I thought. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, I think, I think that's a natural thing that we're in. We're, we're busy. You know, we don't have enough time to invest ourselves. But I think that uh, the amount of money that's being made uh, uh, coupled with, to me, the emphasis on the offseason and less on the games is a problem. Mm, definitely uh, that was that, that became a problem I was like why are we talking about the offseason so much uh and then as well with players moving around I, I, I look I'm pro player I've always said this to you mm -hmm. uh, I'm all for players making a lot of money but as a fan I'd like to know that my star that I support is in my city for more than a couple years uh and then just 100%. recently with uh with with, with uh, their stances on social justice and as we unpack that Everybody will understand that we support that, but we just look for, I think, consistency with the way they look at things. So uh, it's hard to rank. Yeah. It's hard to rank, Daryl. It but it's been, a, it's been a progression for me. And it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Like, I, it's, it's hard. It's like um, it's a, basketball is a girlfriend. Yeah. Know? It hits me in that, in that part where it really matters to me. So, um, you know, what is it for you? Uh, of those, 
did I did I leave anything out there? No, like, I don't think you, I don't think you did. I, and I think the drifting. I think the difference between our drifting was I never got. I think I was already too far gone to start appreciating the quality of play with the newest generation. I saw it as what do you mean newest? What like what which where are we at with those newest? Sort generation? of. Like, what, I, I what, say where, probably where I stopped probably two thousand and eight. 2010 ish okay. so it's been a while okay. when i started really wow taking my attention off it like i used to be a stats yeah. guy like i could recite stats for teams and like yeah. like i was deep with it you know what i mean it was the longest yeah. relationship i'd ever had to put it in the perspective uh, that you that you just mentioned um yeah i didn't get to that point where i started appreciating the new drafts and the new folks coming in and the, and the okay. new grade of player what i okay. missed was the harder stuff i missed the physicality of basketball i missed the fundamentals okay. of basketball and i felt like that was gone that caused me to drift i held on to sort of the lakers and kobe and sure once that was done that was it for me and i Kobe's really was, your guy right yeah Kobe's he, your guy like your guy. main guy that's your guy like your guy guy your number one right 100 mm. percent. yeah well, so like guy, earlier good, this year was earlier this year was really tough like even being just yeah. you know detached from the game and all of that he was you know transcendent of of just basketball and you know him yeah. coming into the league when he did and my age at the time it was you know I, i've spoken on the show before about you know what kobe meant to me growing up and and it was a mm. lot it was a lot he was my guy for sure um yeah so i think i i kind of got away from it at that point you know before i took stock of what the new game was it just wasn't what i fell in love with particularly right so right i think for me the checkout for that level okay was when durant went from okc to golden state yeah i felt i felt like to me that's when everything shifted you know um, and I don't want to place the blame on Kevin Durant because a lot of people have already done that. In sure. The, we've got, we've got a mutual friend who certainly is not happy still to this day about that. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think that him leaving one team that was really good and that we, I think we all really liked and we all liked as a contender would still be to this day uh, to go to, you know, the team that they lost to in the way they lost to them said a lot to me about where the players heads were at and yeah. with the culture of the league. And again, like, I'm, I'm not going to judge it. It's just to me, it was like, okay, I, I don't necessarily identify with this kind of mindset. I'm fine for them to do it. And these guys are paid a lot of money and they have a short window and if they want championships, good for them, but I just don't identify with it. That's right. Know? I don't even say I want to disagree with it. You know what I mean? Because still they had to put the work in to win. Um, they still Definitely. had to beat LeBron and Kyrie and they did. Right. So, of course. um, and of course, like, uh, you know, you know, so I, I think that was an inflection point for me where okay. things started to get like, you know, and, 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 and again, it, it became with the new contracts and the players, I think the whole, um, you know, one and one, one year with an option. Oh, when, when, when that started to happen, I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I, I, I say to my friends, like I used to say, I used to talk about it um, with the boys when we get together and I used to complain about it. And there's always that head in the room that says, Hey, you know, these guys, they got to win championships and they got to protect themselves. They're a business. And I bristle at that. I, I bristle at the, yes, they are a business, but they're also entertainment. 
you know, like basketball is a great sport because it's very, very entertaining. For sure. The dunks, the moves, the way the players look, they're, they're incredible. Uh, it's an incredible performance out there. And the marketing with, around and, that performance is, yeah. is un, unmatched, in my opinion. Like, are you with me? Are you with me when, you, when I say that NBA players are the greatest athletes in the world? Are you with me on yes, that? Yes, 100%. There, okay. Yeah, I've always thought that, right? So the yeah. greatest athletes in the Them world. Them and wide receivers, talented, I, I think. Right? Most physical, physically advanced specimens out there with the combination of physical and, and talent. And, I, you know, one of the things is the attachment that you have with these guys and the fact that they were bouncing around. It makes it so that the fans um, can't get connected. And to me, it's an entertainment. It's, yeah. it's the way uh, humans entertain ourselves. We go to a game. We, we unplug. Um, and we go watch these guys. And if they're going to be leaving after a year, why should I invest in that? Why should I invest? Okay, mindless entertainment? Sure. But I think fandom is more about mindless entertainment. It's about buying the jersey. It's about doing those kinds of things. And if I know Anthony Davis is going to leave L.A. in a year, why would I buy his jersey? Yeah. 100%. Right? 100%. So I, I would have this argument with that guy in the room, and that guy in the room would keep arguing with me. I said, okay, you'll see. I'm the base. You're not, you know, you're like the guy who's telling me who never played. And I said, you wait in a few years. And I think we're at the point right now where you and I can kick back and say, see, we were fair right. weather fans. They don't come from the base. They're fair weather fans. Yeah. The fair weather fans, the, the guys that want to check the blog. Remember, uh, did you ever hear Kevin Durant talk about the blog boys? He's always like on the blog boys. No. Calling him out. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's like one of the, the terms he uh, gives the, you know, the podcast bros and the blog bros. Right. There. And he says, y'all never play the game. Yeah, he's right. He's right. Fine. But if you and I were to say to him, hey, you know this, I bet you, I don't think enough guys are saying that to, to the young men, but hey. Well, what I we think know? the pivot has been, in my opinion, the pivot has been between legacy and a business model. And a business Okay, explain that. What do you mean? Well, I think... You know, you, you, you hear these quotes from guys like Ewing or Jordan or anybody that played back in the day and they at Magic, Bird, any of these greats, and they would never want to be on the same team as another superstar like that. I mean, we had the Lakers and, and that was a, you know, a, a super team and, and that sort of thing in the 80s, but they never, they never wanted to be part, they never wanted to create that massive untouchable trilogy as they would call it or or or, or, or duo they they didn't really seek that out they they they, right. they knew they were number one they knew they had these role players they wanted to create the legacy for themselves i don't feel like the right. legacy play is as important as the money play the post-career play and you know right treating yourself as a commodity and I can't judge them for that because the average window of an right. NBA career is like what six, five years. Like, it's it's not a right. lot. It's not a lot. Yeah, so your, I prime, can't. your prime, your prime, your career is like you know what, twenty six to thirty one, thirty two maybe. Yeah, twenty six to thirty two, twenty seven to thirty two. You know, and they have Depends to diversify because you know we hear the stats around you know post career bankruptcy and things like this. So. You know, for for me, I can't con yeah, I can't I can't knock them for that behavior. But it's as you said, it doesn't that doesn't interest me. Like it doesn't in like that's not why yeah. I love basketball. I, I love basketball because it's entertaining. It was entertaining to play and entertaining to watch. Um, you know, I'm a competitor. I like to compete. I compete at almost everything. 
but yes. I chose basketball because it was the most entertaining competition sport. And what I say to these guys is don't forget that. What I say to these, what I say to these guys in the modes of moving around is I always say, you play for the fans entertainment. That's how you earned your money because the gates, the ticket sales, the online merch, all of the subscriptions, they come from the common man's pocket yes. or they come from corporate events and corporate events don't sponsor or, you know, corporate entities don't sponsor anything that doesn't make the common person, the middle class spend money on their products. So, you know, I, I'd like to, if I had a chance to have a forum with these young men, I would like to say that, like, don't forget you're doing it for our entertainment. And yes. I don't want to make that sound like, Hey, you know, you know, dance for me, you know, no, it's not. It's like, we love to what we love to be entertained in life. And you guys provide uh, the elite of the entertainment yes. sphere. When you're locked in and playing, Hey, look, when Kyrie and LeBron came back from three, one against golden state, that was intense. That was intense, right? Absolutely. That was absolutely. That was but I'm sure you felt the same way for that, you yeah. know, as it is right yeah. now, but yeah, I totally get it. Totally get that. Yeah. That was great entertainment. So that would be the first thing I said. Now, I mean, I was feeling this way, like I said, the transformation, but obviously something, you know, something crystallized recently and um, yeah, it's a nuanced topic. So, you know, how do we want to, how do we want to break this down? How do you, how do you well, want to go forward with the more nuanced portion? I think for me, there's two main subjects here. There, okay. Well, there's more than that, but how I've kind of broken this down in my mind is just what we've seen, but hasn't really been it hasn't really been addressed with any vigor there's never you know me i'm not one to kind of cut my no. thought short and, and all of that no, so yeah. i'm not i'm not really trying to curb my enthusiasm about how i speak about this topic um and i'm sure you're not either because i know how passionate you are about this and i know you know this this is also an, impo an important subject as well um it's a subject that to me it like sorry to cut you off but it's a no. subject to me that is bigger than basketball way bigger than basketball and to me that's why i'm so that's why i'm so ardent in the fact that i'm not going to watch because 100%. to me it goes beyond the game it goes into our lives if if we can watch the greatest performers on earth who get paid millions of dollars, who really, by all accounts, it's a player's league. They run the league, you know? If we can watch them clamp up, clam up because the CCP cracks that whip, then, then where are we really at in this world? Well, this and is me, it. That's a, that's a scary thought. So this is, this is it. And it really, like, I didn't think I would see the NBA not even put up a fight for this. It was yeah. complete... Yeah and utter compliance so for a bit of context well, what do you think anybody, of the what you think of the commissioner okay go ahead go ahead yeah i was just gonna I want to know what your thoughts about the commissioner i was just gonna set it up and i want you to reiterate what what um what he said um okay. sure so the mb so this was is daryl foley daryl maury maury so houston maury. rockets gm daryl maury made a tweet in support of the Hong Kong protests. Yes. Subsequently, the CCP informed the NBA that this was an unacceptable act and had to be effectively retracted and no other criticism of their internal policies was to be made by the NBA or its players. 
or they would suffer repercussions in terms of broadcasting, merchandise, uh, you know, the tours that they do over there, you know, all of, all of the commerce and all of the, you know, economy that China offers to a, a league like the NBA would be off the table. Yeah. So cease and desist immediately or else. Fly off the handle. Like, like absolutely that, you know, and, and I, this is the thing. Uh, oh gosh, there's so much to say. I know. It's like, I want to educate every one of your listeners and my friends and stuff who don't live here in this part of the world. This is why I feel like it's my time with this because I live here. 100%. And, and, and that's and why I, I was so excited to talk to you about this. Yeah. And I live in a disputed island that there's a lot of conflict over, you know, and it, it's got history. So, um, so yeah, like Maury came out in support of Hong Kong. Very innocuous tweet too, by the way. Like we stand with Hong Kong. Like yeah. basically something like that. Like something like just vanilla. Vanilla very, is vanilla. Very, country. very tepid. And, and he, you know, he, he's a smart guy and he did it while the NBA was in China. He did that on purpose. Right. He was making a statement and um, China lost its mind, it lost its mind. And this is this is how China reacts to everything. OK, they react everything. They re this is their this is their uh, SOP. Be super offended. Take it way too far and then threaten the worst repercussions if you don't listen. It's almost Absolutely. like a child. You know, I could be sexist and say it's almost like dealing with your your petulant girlfriend. <laughs> if you had one of those, like growing up, like you know, we've we've all had like the 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 princess right yeah. girlfriend at one point, the archetype. It's like it's like the princess girlfriend, right? You know, if you want to be that, or it could or it could be the or it could be the stubborn man. It could be the asshole man if you want. You know, yeah. you could be, you know, from the feminist side. You know, it could be like the man who's buttheaded and and bullheaded and doesn't ever listen. So it. It's it's like they just took the extreme, and that Daryl, that's what they do all the time. We have this a saying really over no here: when you when that kind of behavior yeah. happens, it's called throwing your toys out of the pram, and it's applied to adults who are acting like babies, like petulant children. And this is <laughs> you know th this throwing is kind your of like toys out of the pram. Yeah, throwing the toys out of the pram, and it and it's just a it's just a way of saying an adult's acting like a baby. Um, and this is what China's script seems to be with almost anything. That oh, that's they their do. script. Yeah. Yeah. You follow them enough to know that. So they lose their mind. They threaten all the money and stuff. And there's a significant amount of money. I, I think that, I think that the, the approach to the way, uh, it was handled, like as far as it being, um, I guess you could say being sensitive about it is, I guess it's it's pragmatic because there is millions of billions of dollars that are tied up in contracts and agreements and uh, pending deals. I, the sensitivity to it, I get, but um, you know, just the reaction and and the way and the way the player side handled it in contrast to other issues that have uh, social justice ties, I just felt was uh, you know really the. Uh, I guess you could say the hypocritical side of, of the of the situation, and we're all hypocrites. Don't get me wrong. We're all, we're all hypocrites. hypocrites. I know we're that. all hypocrites. Yeah, we are. And we we'll are. get we'll get into the hypocrisy of it, you know, in terms of <laughs> things they stand for and things they lie down for. But can you just remind? Can you just remind folks um, what Adam Silver said? Yeah. So you know, the commissioner was the straight man in the room. He 
didn't he he didn't back down. He basically was very diplomatic with the way he handled it as far as the China side, recognized the sensitivity of the matter, also recognized the significant investment in China with the NBA in their uh, existing business ties that stretch back uh, you know, a couple decades now. Um, but then he also stood up for American values and said that he's not going to punish Daryl Morey. Like the, you know, the Chinese side asked for punishment. Yeah. He said, we want him punished, yes. which was basically saying, we want you, the commissioner, to fire him or force ownership to fire him. He said, we're not going to. Daryl has his American right of free speech, and we're going to protect that right. And immediately there was a drawback of games. Games were black and blacked out. They weren't carried. Different um, contracts got put on hold with different players. And there was immediate repercussions. But the, the I, you know, this is where I think Adam Silver is, he's really, I, I mean, he's a, a wonderful executive. He's really on, on his game. You know, that guy could be the president of the United States. I was going to say, he's, he's great. Just the way he, he He's thoughtful. He's very thoughtful. He was smart. He, he played it right in the pocket and uh, he did a good job and he stood up, but it, it's, I think from an NBA's perspective, it was great. I, they muzzled Daryl. Daryl didn't speak much, Yeah, which is understandable, but it's really the player's reaction. I, I, I remember, um, I remember when it immediately happened, how offended I was. I was so offended. You know, I was so offended. Like how dare you Chinese communist party tell us what to do with our beloved basketball game i was fucking so mad yeah and i jumped on a podcast and at that point i was kind of out of it and i just wanted to rant and i ranted and i talked about how we need ron artest back in it because ron artest <laughs> would speak his mind i need these players to stand up and speak their mind who's going to stand up and say something um because i was so offended that the chinese would like threaten the game that way like we don't need you bro you know yeah. like we're good like it, it, is is it worth that much money to to downgrade the beautiful game like i you know so that was my thought at the time but yeah the pre, the, the the commissioner handled it extraordinary extraordinary I think, so I, I full think marks did. to him yeah i think yeah. he did but i think there's also an element of you know as he has to do play it you know in the pocket like you said it's almost led yeah. to I don't know if something's going on behind the scenes where the players have been told not to say anything about it, but this is, this is not spoken about anything to do with Hong Kong. And we haven't even touched the Uyghurs yet. Yeah. Well, like just contrast it to what's going on inside America, right? Just do yeah. that. Yeah. Just do that. Just say, well, the players didn't say anything. Like, I mean, LeBron James spoke out, against Daryl Morey and actually used the words, well, Daryl's uneducated about the situation. Yeah. I mean, that was offensive to me because Daryl's certainly a, a educated. Daryl had the, the guts to say, you know, we stand with Hong Kong and there's a lot of reason to do that. And he's the one talking about it and, you know, putting himself on the line. So for LeBron to say he's not educated, again, that was really offensive to me. And that was why Dave Portnoy... Yeah. Uh, Barstool Sports spoke out against him, called him a hypocrite. But where does a comment um, like that from LeBron come from? In a lot of ways, LeBron tries to be cool, Daryl. I think I think he tries to be be in the I'm cool group, and I'm in the group that everybody wants to be in. I I think LeBron's. I, hey, look, I don't want to take anything away from this guy. Okay, 
I'm going to say a lot of negative things about LeBron tonight because we're on a subject that I don't think he handled really well. Sure. But let me be very clear. LeBron James is a role model, okay? He's a pro's pro. Uh, he puts the time in. He's, he's one of the all-time greats. He's a, he's a top five in anyone's book. He, you know, he's a top two for me. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think it's – for me, it's any question that only Michael's better. Um, I got a lot of respect for the man. I got – you know, I don't agree with his politics but I agree with where he wants to take things for his community. I applaud him for it. I support him. I was an early Braun guy, very early. Uh, trim, I love his game. So I got nothing but love for him, but the way he handled this uh, was really disappointing for me. And I'll forgive him for it. It's okay, you know. But to say that Daryl was uneducated, no. And, and why he did that, I think he was just popping off. You know, I, I think LeBron's really good at staying current. You know, he's like a rapper. You know, rappers will put out a record for the moment. Like LeBron's good at being like, being like a rapper. Like, oh, this is dope. Okay, let me get in on this. Yeah, you know. So I, I think that's you know. What do you think? Like, you, you agree with that? No, I, I mean, made to an extent. I mean, all of the positives that you mentioned about LeBron, his community involvement, where he wants to take things. You know, he's you know setting up a legacy post basketball. I, I don't. You know, I put Kobe you know, in a biased position, I think he, you know, so we won't talk about that. It's you know, sure, neither here sure. nor there. Top five, um, eight, t- top five in any, but yeah, anybody's uh, list, right? Top a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and then it just becomes a matter of, sure. you know, subjectivity, but you know, I think absolutely LeBron is a pros pro. I think, you know, the way he conducts himself is mostly correct, but this hypocrisy that i'm seeing is just it's just too much for me to to give him a pass on because when he says somebody like daryl morey is uneducated but then he won't have the conversation about you know it's his league it's his league it's his league this is this is the crux yeah is that it can't be a player's league for 95% of the issues and 100% of the social issues domestically, but not the Players League when it's international issues domestically involving their money. It just can't. Correct. Educated people, informed people like myself and you are going to see that and we're not going to like it. Because I've you always know? been of the, of the mindset, you know, beware false idols. And mm. when somebody can play, you know, the arbiter of morality 95% of the time, you know, it's it's like, who did I hear say it the other day? Oh, yeah, Ben Shapiro uh, about the protests in America and how they're mostly peaceful. And he made a joke and saying, yeah, well, OJ yeah. had a mostly peaceful day on the day that he committed, <laughs> allegedly committed his crimes. You know, yeah, he's, he ben, so good at, he's so good at that. He's so good. He's so good at that. He's so good at that. Yeah. But you can't yeah. be the arbiter of morality for things that are comfortable and safe. The point of being a leader, the point of being yeah. a figurehead or, you know, this, you know, this, this social impact guy, I don't even know what to call him, you know, but he's clearly wants to go that way. He clearly wants to have obviously. that impact. Obviously. Yes, obviously. But obviously, not, in, like not, not if it screws up the big picture. Not if it screws up the money. That's it. That, this that's is the all, big picture. It's all, it, it's all about money. This whole, this whole withholding of opinion uh this throwing of daryl morey under the bus this withholding of not supporting hong kong this withholding of not talking about 
uh, the Uyghur situation inside of China, it's all got to do with money. And it's like either hundreds of millions or billions. I would say billions because time and duration probably would make it such easily. But in the short term, it's no doubt hundreds of millions of dollars. And not just for LeBron, but rank and file NBA players. You know, I had read at one point that uh, the young guy from the Lakers, uh, what's that guy? Um, I forget his name. Do not um, ask me young- for a roster player yeah. right now. <laughs> no, he, he's, uh, he's, he's one of the better ball players on uh, the Lakers. He had a deal going uh, that got shelved when they were in China, and he wasn't able to sign. And, hey, I feel bad for the young man. Was it uh, Lonzo Ball? No, or, it, was, uh, it was Kuzma. Oh, Kyle right, okay. Kuzma, okay. Right? So Kyle Kuzma had a little deal going, and, you know, he wasn't able to sign that. And I feel bad for the guy. I do. I, I, you know, I don't like seeing anyone's bread get taken off the table. Of course not. Uh, but but um, at the same – yeah, it's, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to say, hey, too bad. You don't get your money. But I hope that the players can look at where that money's coming from, and they can look at the people that represent that. I hope that they can look at the way the whole situation was handled and start to contrast that to home a little bit. Yeah. You know, and say, hey, wait a minute. We might have a little bit of something here in North America. You know, like, think about it. Like, we can actually speak out against the commissioner. We can speak out against anything we want, and we can still be millionaires here. But if I speak out, if, if Daryl Morey just says that he, Daryl Morey didn't say, Hey, the Chinese communist party are, are <laughs> the octopus on the face of humanity. He didn't say that. He just said support Hong Kong. And, and it's like, it was like theory, you know? So they've got to be introspective to the point where they look at that and say, Hmm, you know, maybe it's not so bad here. I, if, if we could get anything from the situation, it'd be that. But, and again, but Daryl, they didn't, that hasn't happened. And it won't happen. Yeah, it, it won't. And, and the question is, is why? How, why? Why do you think? Why? Well, I They're think... educated. LeBron's a global icon. He knows what's going on. I think that money supersedes morality when morality becomes difficult. That's it. They are well effectively... Said. they. So the NBA and its players have effectively made themselves a sub a subjugated Chinese citizen by complying mm-hmm. to everything that they've done without so much as a pushback, other than the kind of the diplomatic play from the commish. Other than that, they have subjugated themselves to China's te- temper tantrums. That is it. You cannot sit over here and claim you are the greatest social justice warrior in the world. When all it is, is painting some shit on a court it's for wearing money. a branded face it's, mask, putting a names on the me, back of your jerseys. Yeah. To me, it looks trendy. It looks convenient. It looks like it's for money. If it wasn't cool and it wasn't trending, I don't think these guys would be doing it. And that's what my, my point about LeBron. I, I think that LeBron likes to jump on trends. And 100%. I think it's cool to the young players. You know, they're feeling it. You know, it's a vibe. I don't know how much... It's hard for me to judge how someone feels something, but um, if you want to look at it the way you just spelled it out, that's the easy answer, you know, because it's financially advantageous for them to be that way domestically, but it's not financially advantageous to be that way internationally. They have to make a call. If they're going to say anything about this issue, they have to make a call as to whether or not they're willing to do business on their own terms or leave China as a territory that they're interested in profiting from. 
Yeah, and, and, and in fairness, before we, like, you know, just blame the players, okay, let's not do that because the owners Definitely got not. investment too. Definitely. And we don't know how much the league just said, hey, don't say shit. The owner said, don't say shit. Let us, let us take this. Let us take the heat. Maybe that was a more – that has never come out. I think that the, okay. the, uh, the, the commissioner threw himself in front of the, the fire and took the bullets for the team like a great leader should. Sure. Um, I would have liked LeBron to do the same in some 100%. capacity. Um, and I would have liked some of the more key owners to do the same as well. Um, I think that the owners disappointed me equally, not as much as the players because the players are a lot more vocal now. Like when it happened, I was equally disappointed with the owners and the players, but now it's more of like a, a player thing for me because they're so conveniently standing for black lives matter and the Marxist organization that that is. And, 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 and they're not standing for Hong Kong. You know, um, here, let me read a, read a, a headline for you. Please. This is really interesting. So this is, I, you know, I've got the Twitter open or, 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 the, or the internet's open right now. And it's, yes. and this is an, uh, an NBCnews.com article. And it was tired. Daryl Morey's tweet on Hong Kong shows how China is calling the shots in the NBA. Isn't that an incredible headline? Now that is a, that is a headline from an American news company. And you know my views on the CCP, and you know how harsh I've been on them, and you know how much of an alarm I'm trying to sound for our friends back home. A lot of it comes from my proximity, as well as the fact that I lived there for a year. I've done business there. Uh, I've experienced firsthand all of the things that you read about in the newspapers and you see on the TV. It's all true. It's not bullshit. It's real. And I, you know, I want people to understand that by complying, they're bending the knee to the CCP. So what, again, what is that saying? I don't want to just tell the players they're hypocrites because at the end of the day, they are young men. They are young men and they're learning. Maybe in 10 years from now, LeBron looks back and said, I should have had a different stance then. And if he does, good for him because, you know, he's still what, 34? You know, he's 10 years younger than me. Um, at 34, maybe I wasn't, you know, mature at that point to be able to make those decisions like he did. So I'm going to give him that time. But, okay. you, you know, I think it's fair. Like, you know, I, I, I do. I, th I think that we do need to get that. But we've got this whole CCP angle. And is that where we're at? Where they own the league? And they own the players? And we can't do nothing about it? Well, this and, is absolutely. And that's just the end of it? This is absolutely an ownership trickle-down decision. And as much as they want to call it LeBron's league, and as much as people want to say the players control the league, and to a great extent in many aspects they do, but not when it comes to the bottom line. And every single person in that organization buckles under what is detrimental to the bottom line. This is a commerce issue. This is not... You know, this is this is simple to, to me. This is simply morality versus greed and commerce. And there is a, a there's an astonishing amount of hypocrisy here. And would I do the same thing in the same situation? I can't say that I wouldn't. If it was my family's livelihood, if it was, you know, the difference between yeah, yeah, being yeah. re-signed or whatever. Yeah. I, I make I make a a statement to everyone who's close to me. I always say to them, I say, listen, if you're going to be about the bag, be about the bag. I'm good with that. I'm good with it. I am. Especially 
especially these young men whose families, they grow up in like, you know, abject poverty of the United States for of the course. most of them. Um, this is money that's generational and I'm happy for them. Make that money, young boys. I would but, never, but if you're never, be about the never. Bag, yes. I would never. If you're going to be about the bag, be about the bag. I would but never don't shit this, on don't somebody. This, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Don't give me the sideline song and dance about, about, you know, Colin. Yeah. Don't give me the song and dance about Colin Kaepernick, about how the NFL took his, his right to uh, a living away. I, it doesn't matter to me no more when you but say we're, that. we're elevating you know, these Colin's folks. issue to me. Yeah. Yeah. Colin's issue to me is I'll still evaluate that issue on its own merits. But when the NBA players speak about it, to me, it's just like, wah, wah, wah. I don't hear it. I don't hear it, what they're saying. You know, I, I, I want to tune it out. You know? I think we're elevating pro athletes um, to a so, status that is not according, like it is not accordingly fitting to their place yeah. in life. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like we look to these folks it, to be, you know, like, okay. Well, we don't, you and I don't. We don't. But I think America does. Us. America yeah. does. And we want every America LeBron James looks to, to be a Martin guys, Luther yes. King or a Muhammad Ali. Yes. Yes. Are we asking too much of these young men? Of course we I are. I think we are. Of course we are. Yeah. Do you think that in their minds, they just think in their mind, man, I just want a ball? What percentage of the NBA is saying that to themselves? Man, I just want to hoop. Well, funny story, and I don't want to sidetrack us too much, but have you heard anything about what happened leading up to the last one day protest so is when it, the games it has were canceled, anything to do with Kyrie is it have anything to do with Kyrie not um, from what I've heard no no I, I as far as the scuttlebutt of what was going on on the inside I've been tuned out so I don't know about the scuttlebutt I do know you know I do know what happened you know uh the the, the young man in in, in Wisconsin was shot and the bucks decided that they weren't going to play and that caused the rest of the league to take a game off and a game was okay with me considering the circumstances now i'm sympathetic to the black community i've got a lot of friends in the black community um i understand what black lives matter means what i always say is black lives do matter i don't say black lives matter i don't like saying that because to me that's an organization yeah i think I it's been hijacked by ideas people trying to change things or they're trying to like, just, you know, they're trying to use it as a vessel. And again, they're just, you know, they're tricking the black community. And I, I took the active, they don't give a shit about politics. And they're like, they're very, very skeptical about that organization. But um, now I don't know much what happened. What happened? Tell me. It was apparently, it was two players on the bucks. Uh, and I forget, I forget the names now, yep. but one of them had the run in, run in with the cops before. Uh, Ster Sterling Brown, is it? Yep. Yeah. So him and another player had a problem. They didn't want to play. So the rest of the Bucks, they, um, this was on the way to the game, by the way, on the way to the to the arena, by the way, the, to the bubble where they were going to play. Okay. And the Bucks turned around and said, "Okay, we're going to stand by you." They informed the Orlando Magic basically just before the game was about to start the orlando magic said well we can't we can't say we want to play we have to look like we're in solidarity with this so subsequently a um all player meeting was called mm -hmm. where they went around and were just again 
I guess, talking mad shit, um, lots of stuff going down, and they all broke off into their own teams, player-only teams. They came back. This was to decide how they wanted to go forward. Do they want to protest or do they want to keep going with the playoffs? They all came back. The Bucks came back and said, oh, we're going to play. So it went around all the teams. Everybody was like, yep, play, 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 play. All of a sudden it got to the Lakers and LeBron said, no, we're not playing. And then apparently Udonis Haslam on the Heat said, well, if LeBron's not playing, none of us are playing. Yeah. And CP3 said, fuck you, LeBron, we're playing with or without you. Yeah, I actually, now that you reminded me, I did read some reports that some players were a little bit pissed at the way LeBron handled things. He like co-opted the whole situation and, and it's almost so. to the to the extent that if any social action takes place in the league because it's his league it has to go through him he's or trendy. be fronted by him of course it goes back to your point mate he's for sure. so trendy he's so trendy he's so he's so like yo i'm doing the hot thing right now uh but apparently they came back they came back and uh well one day protest and i wonder what that is about how do you feel about that? How did you feel about them sitting in the game? That's the first time that's ever happened in my life. Yeah, I mean, great. If they want to make a stance, make a stance. But yeah. if you're – what are you making the stance for? I, I don't understand what this – like – I'm working on a new song right now. Okay. I'm not going to plug my song. But, I, you know, <laughs> I, I've, got, I've got the young, the young man over here. He's a really good MC. He uh, provided the vocals on the track, and we were talking about it. And, and I, I and we talked about it. He's, he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." We, they finally, they finally protested and sat the games. I was feeling that. I said, "Ah, oh, I'm not on that." He goes, "No," and I said, "No." I, I said, "I said I'm okay with the game. I'm okay with the game." I said, "I get it. You know, I get it. It was it was in the in in the moment, and I'm glad they came back." And he said, "Why?" I said, "Because they're pros." And pros, what separate pros from the amateurs and the and the experts is that they've got that mental toughness that uh, even the really quality talented, you were a basketball player. You played with, I'm sure you played with guys that had NBA level physical ability, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but they didn't get anywhere near the league, right? No, no. Because mentally they're not there, you know? (laughs) And then also too, you played with guys that were probably had the physical talent and they had the mental approach, but they didn't put the work in either. A lot of people think that NBA players roll out of bed in the morning and just make it. They don't. There's a lot of seven-footers out there, okay? And there's a lot of guys that can fly up and down the court and flush it. But, like, these guys put the work in. They're hard workers. They're pros. And I said to to my guy, I said, listen, I like them showing that they're pros, that they're willing to put that aside to go to work and earn their paychecks to be role models for the kids, to say, hey, even when times are tough, young man and young lady, I'm willing to go there and play my game because there's people that have planned their lives around it. And I respect that. And, you know, I think a game was enough and for them to get back on the court, I was, I I was happy. They did. Um, I I read that same stuff that you're talking about LeBron. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just corny LeBron. (laughs) He's just, he's like that. But uh, I, I, you know, to me, one of the, one of the themes in this is professionalism, you know, being a pro, being a pro is not just being gifted. It is not. It's, it's sacrifice, it's discipline, and it is mental toughness. And I like, to, I like these young men to keep that in mind because they're role models. Like you said, hey, why are we putting these guys in a position where they, they are so politically important? Why that we put – because pop culture is such in the United States. So 
um, maintaining professionalism then is something I hope that they do for their communities. Yeah. Um, because their communities are watching, you know, everyone's watching. But and there's a lot of critics. Said, with, with that said, when you see them propping up an organization like Black Lives Matter or a, a movement like Black Lives Matter, because yep. an those, organization. Things, those are two an organization. separate things to me. Yeah, the movement is important. I think the movement to me, if you want to describe it as a movement and say it's Black Lives Do Matter, I'm with that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with that. I actually have some pretty uh, controversial, like, you know, like, you know me, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a supporter of the president. I lean right. I'm not super far right, but I'm, I'm center right. Um, and I've got, some, I've got some views about the black community that my friends on the right, they fucking hate them when I say it, you know? Mm -hmm. They're like, are you crazy? Uh, full disclosure, I'm pro reparations. I'm pro reparations. I okay. think reparations. I think reparations are a really big key to fixing a lot, you know. Um, and there's a lot of layers to it. If you really took the time and thought about it, the layers, and you peeled them back, you'd be like, yeah, this is actually a little bit more positive than I thought. But you know, um, do you see you know, reparations for slavery, or do you see reparations absolutely. for Jim absolutely. Crow redlining, et cetera? Um, I, I mix it all together. Uh, okay. yeah, I subscribe, I subscribe to the American descendants of slavery and their rights to their reparations in the same way. The first nations of Canada, the Japanese, they all were compensated for, uh, the wrongs that were committed against them. Okay. To me, it's important to fix those wrongs, but it's not just that. I think there's a lot of economic impact to be had. Um, and me and my guy, we were talking about it and we were having a good laugh about it because, you know, we, we had a good laugh about it because there's, there's a lot of brainstorming and, and imaginative work that you could think about, about how them boys would be spending their checks. You know what I'm so, not, not everyone is responsible. You know what I mean? So hundred percent. Yeah. That money gets recirculated back into the economy. So yeah. Um, yeah. And does it do anything ultimately to fix the issue? Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, what it does is it, it fixes if it, it, it writes a wrong. And but does it, that stop? So does 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 reparations to the black community solve the does well? It, how much does it does it go at least to solving the issue that's that we're currently looking at with the BLM movement, not the organization, because we just have to put BLM the organization as a neo-Marxist. Like, yeah, let's just let, let's put machine, them in a box. Right? Yeah, chaos machine with the Antifa bros, and let's put them in a box and set them aside. Exactly. With the movement, I think the movement is hurtling towards something like this, right? It's either, think about it like this. It's either the movement is hurtling to something like this or something like Black Lives Matter, the other side, and right? So what do you want? That's right. What, what kind of outcome do you want? Do you want to negotiate with the people that are sensible? Or do you want to have to fight constantly those idiots that are on the streets right now? The, my, my issue is how do you how do you separate one from the other when the chaos in the streets is so undefined in terms of well here's a here's a peaceful BLM protest yeah and here's Main Street getting burned down yeah because it's not like there's a thick wall between them and it's all good on this side and it's all bad on this side. This is bleeding together now. 
Well, these are not just, you know, so again, like, remember, what's on the street is not 100% African Americans or black folks, you know what I mean? It's a bunch of white kids with trust funds as well, you know, playing chaos in it, like I always talk about. So I I don't think it's just them. Um, But you identify like, like my guy on uh, a good follow on Twitter for you to check out, you're not going to like him 100%. I don't, (laughs) like, I don't, but I follow Tariq Nasheed. Uh, or I okay. have, I, I'm not following him currently, just, you know, just so that no one calls me out. I'm not following him currently. I stopped following him for a while because like, I just started to want to argue with him all the time and I didn't want to argue with him. Um, but he is a, he is, uh, he is far, he is far out there as far as reparations. Uh, he believes in the Addo's movement, which is American descendants of slaves. And, um, yeah. you know, he's adamant of the fact that those folks are the people that needs to be repatriated money. And he, he, he's unequivocal. Give us our cash. Give us our bag. We don't want it. We don't want programs. Right. We don't want, we don't want handouts. We want our money and we're good. And that's my pretense. Like when I see a man say something like that, I say, Hey, I can work with a guy like that. Yep. Here's the bag. All this other stuff's done. Like we, you know, without getting sidetracked, but um, why is the NBA such a great league? Because it's a meritocracy. Only the best players get to go there. There's no affirmative action programs. You know I mean, there are no Daryl Hodges. There are no Daryl Hodges level ballers out there. No Brook Day level ballers out there getting a spot in the league because like we're not represented. Exactly. You know what I mean? It is the best of the best. So, and I only know, operate I, I mentally that. off of a meritocracy. That's, that's the yeah. only way I, that's the only way my head functions is if, if you, you know, don't stack up, then you don't deserve to be there. Yeah. You know, those, those, those crazy people, they don't, they don't think that way. No. They think that everything is a social construct and meritocracy talk is basically racist. It's pretty crazy. So this is a, this is a, this is a corner of mine that's different. You know, again, like we talk about this, but what I said to the young man a few nights ago is, is like, listen, you know, being a pro in, in that's big for your community. And, um, um, we had a really great conversation because I, I, I want these NBA players to be, I want, want them to continue to build their families in, in, in all of the things that they're doing and their brands. I'm not too much into their brands. Like, you know, I'm, I'm I couldn't care less, but I know why they're doing it, stuff, you know, but I, yeah, I'm feeling them for it. I'd be doing the same too. If I was, you know, back in my baller days, I'm sure that, you know, in college, you'd, we'd have a few thousand, thousand uh, subscribers or followers yeah, on man. Instagram or Twitter. And I'd have a solo following. Yeah. And basketball has always been tied in with urban culture or the urban community, hip hop. It's it's always been that way. It's always been a cool league. It's always been, you know, something that's been seen as like, you know, trendy and kind of, you know, it's, it's, you know, it it is the coolest form of sports entertainment. No doubt about it. You know, absolutely is. And so I don't fault these boys for, you know, for, for getting their money, for setting themselves up as a brand, for doing all of that kind of flash and, you know, pomp and ceremony that they like to do and the whole fashion thing. As we said at the very beginning, I just don't, I just don't align with it at this particular phase in my life. My, my thing now is get shit done, hold people accountable, work on the basis of a meritocracy. And I see massive issues outside of the stuff I don't align with. I see massive things with the NBA as an organization. And, and what I feel is that these players can pretend to be something that they're only allowed to be something so far as the bottom line being unobstructed goes. And that's why the trendy sort of, you know, 
alignment with the BM, BLM. I mean, I don't know if you saw the WNBA, you probably did. The, the WNBA came out um, in support yep. of Jacob Blake, right? With the bullet hole t-shirts. Yep. I mean, I, I don't know if you know anything about the Jacob Blake's of situation. Course. I do. But I mean, of course. what are we talking it's a, about it's a here? Tough conversa- it's a tough conversation, isn't it? You know, like I, we, we're, one of the things, getting back to Ben Shapiro, I can't believe you and I are going to quote Ben Shapiro. I, know, I can't believe I did that. Anyone else. I can't believe that. But one of the things I always like about him and why I always tune into him, I always tune in because he was never an early supporter of the president. And to me, when the president gets into whatever kind of trouble that his big mouth gets him into every now and then, well, or often, yeah. um, I always tune into Shapiro. Okay. Shapiro will cut it straight for you. He'll let you know. I, I, to me, he's a good gauge of when it's bad Trump, when Trump's being bad Trump, mm. right? I don't key into Shapiro for his politics. I, I kind of like him in general, just his style and his, and his, but I key into him for when I need to know, like, hey, is the president really in hot water? Like the impeachment, right? Sure. Is he really going to be impeached? You know, like I, I key into Ben because he is, you know, he's a lawyer. He's a constitutional lawyer. Yep. Um, he, he knows the law really well and he's pretty smart and, he, and obviously he's plugged in. So, but you know, one, one of the things that, uh, you know, he always talks about, um, and sorry, I just got sidetracked because I started to watch this video down here. Um, I, 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 I queued up the Uyghurs for us. Oh, did you? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, shit. Sorry, I, I, I lost my train of thought there. Where were we? Ben we're talking about Ben, right? Yeah, we're talking about Ben. Yeah. Sorry, that, 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 that video totally caught me off guard. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I wanted to quote Ben. What was I talking about here? um sorry it's late no it's that's like all right o'clock in the morning no that's yeah. all right uh we we're talking about how how um shapiro is a good gauge uh for when trump says stupid things but you know he's actually yeah, in well, hot water yeah that that part that part yeah but how was how was i gonna how was i gonna quote him in, in the frame of this discussion oh too bad i have no idea but i got mine out so i'm good to go my ben shapiro quotes ticked off <laughs> <laughs> so i could just say facts don't care about your feelings and then we just move on that's it no, baby. I, I, <laughs> yeah oh that's too bad i i, I it might come back it might come back it's all good yeah it might come back i i queued up yeagers and i and then one of these videos down here on my phone just sort of like uh uh give me the give me the um what's it called the uh distraction mode but um no, I like, you know, talking about Ben, I do t- uh, tune into Ben for when he is good at sort of like calling it on Trump because he didn't vote for Trump. Mm. So, you know, and he sort of swung Trump's way as far as a, as far as a voter, but he's still like, really, he really bristles at his style and substance. He can't stand it. And he's pretty harsh on him at times. And yeah. And, and, and I mean, nobody's, nobody's been a more vehement, like, a vehement well i think you hate you hate that part of the president yeah yeah i mean the 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 personality side of him is repulsive and his general conduct is repulsive and you know he is you know but i'll always go again to the merit of an argument the merit of a case the merit of policy and procedure and all of that sort of thing as well and my thing is never you know i've commented on trump's behavior let's call it or personality but i've always tried to stick to the script in terms of criticizing policy and criticizing procedure and saying why from a meritocracy point of view that's that's what he's done wrong rather than 
oh, he's got orange skin and shitty hair and, you know, he screws porn stars or whatever. Like, I don't care about that. Like, what I care about is, is what he's doing to the rest of the world and to America. Right. Right, right, right. And, you know, like, hey, I can't hate on a guy whose favorite meal is meatloaf. Okay? <laughs> so, like, the president loves meatloaf. So, like, you're getting a guy, of course, like, he's crude. There's times where the crude part of him is like, oh, like, you know, I hate it when he, like, always is giving himself credit. Oh, it drives me crazy. Yeah. You know, I just wish he'd stop that. Um, but I also like he how can. he says the quiet part out loud all the time. I well, like that. I, like he's I such love a that, spokesman dude. for I it. Love that. He just like he's he's just destroying the establishment, and it's such a great. It's so awesome to watch. You know, there it, everything. You know, with it, let's get into the Uyghurs. Let, let's not let's talk Trump. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yep. You know, like like are we gonna talk Uyghurs right now? A hundred percent. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the crux of the reason why you and I are so disgusted with the way the NBA stood for social justice in North America, 100%. specifically United and not in China. It's 100%. The Chinese are putting Uyghur Muslims in the Xinjiang province in fucking internment camps, okay, for re-education, which means like gulags, which is like, like basically like the Warsaw ghetto and, 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 and like Nazi Germany level evil. And there's organ harvesting yes. of these people where they remove organs from them when they're alive so that the transplant is better because like, you know, it's better to do it that way from, you know, a, a live person, like yeah. the stuff you see on TV where, you know, like, a woman gets drugged and wakes up the next day with a scar on her stomach. And it's like, she had a kidney removed. It's like fucking black mirror level stuff yeah. that's going on. And I think people at home know it, but because they're not connected to it, they don't care. And because they don't really know it and they don't really understand how smash mouth China is like China's not Beijing and Shanghai only. It's a huge country. It's a massive country. And the Western provinces of China are fucking all time ca ca catastrophe poor. Yeah. And there's hundreds of millions of people that live there off like a less than a dollar a day level poverty. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's not even close to what we know. And for us to just sit around and think that, oh, the worst can't be happening because it's not on CNN or on MSNBC. And to have LeBron say, well, Maury needs to be educated. It's like, wow. And, 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 and the thing is, is that I think more people found out about the Uyghur Muslims and all the things that are happening to them recently since then. But when this hit last year, I already knew about all this. Right. Right. Because this is a hot topic around here. It's a hot topic of the people I follow in politics, you know, and it's talked about. And for us to just sort of sweep that under the rug. And again, we get into like, well, again, you know, it's it's social justice for America, but nowhere else. When this atrocity is happening, that's just the, that's the red line for me. And to me, that's where that's why I am where I am. I'm, I'm protesting the NBA. I'm, I'm not watching. Yeah, I, I absolutely to, cut him off. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead, man. I cut you off. I have to stand. Like, I, I lived in Xi'an, which is in the, you know, kind of like the northwest of okay. China. 
Um, and there's a lot of Muslims there. There's a huge Muslim community. You would not even, I, I was shocked. I was like, holy shit. Like I went to a mostly Muslim night market, which are really popular over here. Okay. It was crazy. And I said to my guy while I was there, I was like, hey, bye. I said, I thought religion wasn't a thing over here. He goes, well, you know, government kind of lets these people do whatever they want. And I'm like, why? And he goes, ah, I don't want to talk about it. So he just didn't want to talk about it. He didn't really get into it with me. But I was like, okay, cool, whatever. You know, kept it moving, bought some food, walked around, saw some people. But, you know, that religion and that group of people is well represented in China. Well represented. You never think that either. We're talking Minjiang, right? That's how you say it. Uh, and uh, they're being put in camps and, and organ harvested. And the guys and girls in NBA don't want to stand for that. I just, I don't know. That's a bummer for me. And, you know, it's, 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 it's the red line. It's the red line, Daryl. Yeah. So uh, the, the league makes a, a comprehensive statement about it. They're not getting my business back. But well, if this they is do, it, I'll right? be back in. This is it. And I think um, the only way to affect any sort of real change is bottom line, you know, is bottom line revenue. Um, and you have to, you have to collectively speak with your, with your wallets and with your, the only lobbying power that you truly have, which is, you know, not to support it from a commercial standpoint. I'm, yep. as I said, I don't follow the NBA. I haven't supported it properly in, in a good few years. Um, but now yep. I actively discuss against it. Now I actually want to talk about yeah. it. Now I actually want to yeah. hold people and name people and hold people accountable because we have to, if we are going to live in a merit-based society, then things like this need to be called out and they need to be spoken about with the veracity that they deserve. And this isn't, you know, there's levels to this game, right? As as the saying goes, there's levels. There's levels crazy to this of shit. Levels. And this isn't just Kong, left and right politics. This is not left and right politics. This doesn't have a color. This doesn't have a no. side of the aisle. This has a. This has humanity. This is this is based in humanity and and nothing but pure yeah. humanity. And there's one thing to say, okay, well, maybe we won't speak about you know people gathering on the streets of Hong Kong. Maybe we can you know wash that out as as you know we need to know more about the situation. But when you see people being carted onto a train, gulag yeah. style, Auschwitz style, you know, I'm yeah. reading I'm reading the um, Gulag Archipelago right now by Solzhenitsyn. Oh, um, awesome. It's a, well, you know, it. it's a three volume masterpiece. We already know mm -hmm. how these societies end. We already know what the goal of these societies is, which is why I'm, this is another thing. <clears throat> this is what BLM as an organization want. They want to reestablish the Marxist doctrine, which caused the communist revolution in Russia, which led to the, uh, the, the, the gulags and the, you know, and the, the, the famine and all the degradation and, and deprivation that happened over the 50 years where the Bolsheviks were in charge. This is what they want. And this is what China is able and to they want to do it. And they want to, and they want to do it in, with it in mind that it would be, it's going to be different this time. Yes. It's going to be different. Like, a powerful, scientifically advanced mega nation like Russia could make it work. Of course, one. 
because capitalism will always win free and open societies. I don't think North America is free and open no more at this point. I, I always argue that what we're seeing in North America is not capitalism no more, but it was then, you know, before the deep state was created, you know, the deep state wasn't around after before world war two, you know, like sure. the OSS and CIA was yet to be created and the surveillance state and everything that came along with that FBI, that was all relatively new at that point. And capitalism beat the crap out of communism because it, it's just better. It's a better system for humanity. And um, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at the 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 you know the headlines here again and just the recent news about Uyghurs mm -hmm. and I'm looking at one that says Uyghur Muslim teacher teacher tells of forced sterilization in Xinjiang. I forgot that they're forcibly sterilizing them too. Yes. So it's organ harvesting, it's re-education, it's forced labor, which we know forced labor like crazy. Uh, yes. State-owned companies in the in in China have been accused and the Trump admin right now is actually putting certain state-owned enterprises in China on some like, you know, kind of uh, they're, they're putting sanctions on them okay. because of forced labor. Yeah. They're, they're using these now. Um, again, I, I mentioned the uh, war room podcast too. You should get on that because yeah. a lot of stuff that's being chatted about in there is actually happening. A lot of the policies that you're hearing, uh, seeing, but like some of these, you know, some of these, you can tell enablers of the CCP in the media these days. Yeah. And I think you probably know who they are. But why is there tension? I'm going to tell you this. When I lived in China, there were three Western news companies that were allowed to uh, run their cable inside China on TV. CNN, MSNBC, and, CNN, or, and BBC. Here's a BBC headline. Why is there tension between China and the Uyghurs? What kind of fucking headline is that? I mean, the BBC, don't get me started. Here, here's another one. Here's another one. And it's from BBC News. The Uyghurs and the Chinese state. A long history of discord. These are the headlines right now. Pigs, man. Absolute pigs. Yeah. And this let's, is let's, equal let's to, to complicity. Right? Go ahead. It's like, it's like they're enablers. Like, so we talk about how the... The, the NBA is in China. And again, not China. We're not against the Chinese people. Hardworking, salts of the earth, really decent people. Okay. They believe in sacrifice today for a better future for them and theirs. I love that about Chinese culture. Okay. Modest, extremely modest, thrifty. I love that. I've learned so much living here. It's the CCP and their enablers in the media and big corp especially in tech 100%. and I don't know what's, I don't know what comes of it. You know what I mean? I don't know what comes of it. I know that there's an information war going on. There's certainly been a, a economic war that's been going on ever since the president was elected. And um, I don't know what comes next, Daryl, but well, you know, who knows, who knows, because the power players are embedded. You know, these are ticks in the skin of, of, of society. Now, you know, we're, we're, we're so addicted to these technologies. We're so addicted to our comforts and our, you know, immediate satiations and, and things like this, that it's almost like we don't care. We don't want to care because the convenience is more convenient than the inconvenience, you know? And, yeah. uh, yeah. but, but for me, going back to the NBA, this is precisely what they're standing up for domestically. But this is the early stages of what they're standing up for. So they're standing up for 
a movement which has been hijacked by an, an organization, which we know their motives, which is now translating onto the streets. There seems to be zero leadership from the actual peaceful, let's call it peaceful side of this, the considered part of this movement. There's no representation that I'm seeing. There's no real true demands. I mean, I see celebrities, black celebrities and things making claims and ha what have you. But what I'm not seeing is anything that balances out the peaceful side of this movement to the chaos that is being sown in the streets that is being funded and supported funded. by this funded by this organization the effort yeah absolutely and, well they absolutely it's being funded this is an organic they've pulled in a billion dollars in their seven-year history there's no audit or accountability for where that money's been spent They've done nothing that I can see in terms of social or community infrastructure projects. They've done nothing to set up a lobby or any sort of political representation for the black community. They're not interested in that. They're interested in grasping power by chaos and leading to what is ultimately what is going on in China. That's the way this story ends. We've seen it in Cambodia. We've seen it in Russia. We've seen it in Germany. We've seen it everywhere the experiment has been tried, it ends the same way. The ones that break the system down and then try to rebuild it ultimately go into the position of power and they, just like the people before them in whatever political, political structure yeah. was there, will yep. subjugate the rest of the population for their own Holy shit, it's win. Like, it's like that was the Daryl Hodgett's version of Animal Farm right there. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. That was great. Uh, let me read you. Let me read you some more. Uh, okay, so these are some uh, headlines for the listeners of the podcast who okay. don't know anything about this. But this is just some of the Uyghurs in Japan call for action to end forced labor in Xinjiang. From the Japan Times, who are the Uyghur people and why do they face oppression? China cuts Uyghur births with IUDs, abortion, and sterilization. From the AP News. These are the things that are going. These, this is. Uh, there's, there's this. This is terrible right here. China hospitals aborted Uyghur presidents' pregnancies, killed newborns. Report in BusinessInsider.com. Jesus, that's a that's atrocious. That's terrible. So, um, when you know that that stuff's going on, and you see the game you love, represented by people that you put a lot of hope in and you give a lot of credit to um, not stand against that when that is much more atrocious than what's happening in North America. I don't want to say, Hey, look, the, the, the communities that we're seeing uh, with upheaval in, in the, in the, the wealth gap is major. It's major. Of course it is. I, I get it. I'm not, I'm, Hey, you know, like my idea, when I found out that they were looting and robbing. I was like, hey, as long as they uh, do it at Walmart, I'm, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Like, you know, like there is a major wealth inequality, but it's not got to do with racism as much yeah. as it has to do with monetary policy. That's a whole other system and how people who are wealthy have ties to it and the ability to leverage and use it to reinvest on the supply side. I mean, that's not communism or sorry, capitalism either. That's cronyism. Yes. And that's what's been going on ever since 2009. QE is a disaster. Yes. It's led to major inequality. 
And it's, it's responsible for what we're seeing, the envy, the jealousy of people who are mega rich. We just have to look at COVID and the fact that the world's elite grew their fortunes exponentially during the lockdown. 400 billion or something like yeah, that. Amongst you know, like, just you know, to know that this, it's broken. It's broken. So I, I, part of me, when I see the young people on the street, I understand their frustration. I really do. I really do. Uh, I, I agree with them. I don't agree with what they're doing. But which and kids? And then, of course, there's, well, I think that there's, like, the, the kids on the street, there's a little bit of a grouping, right? Like, yeah. You know, come on. Like, we, we've all been kids. We've been there. Uh, there's going to be the kids who are out there for the rush. Like, hey, fucking yeah, man. We're out yeah, here doing our course. thing. Let's smash shit. Yeah. You know, there's going to be those kids. You know, like, let's go fuck shit up. Like, I want to fuck this place up. Let's go do that tonight. You know, there's them. Then, there, of course, you've got your high, hardcore idealists. They're both on Black Lives Matter as well as the Antifa guys. Yeah, mm -hmm. let's use this to start the revolution. You know, and then you got some people out there that are just having a good time, smoking a J, hanging out, having a few beers, watching the scene, right? And then, you know, you, you probably got the other gang, you know, you've got, you've got the people who are just out there and they're just upset. They're mad. And they're like taking their frustration out. Maybe uh, they've gotten a mountain of debt from, uh, you know, going to university and they have no idea of how to pay for it. Yeah. You know, and, and you know what? I feel their frustration. I do because the system has taken advantage of future generations. You know, I don't want to blame it on the boomers, but they fucking bankrupted the millennials, like their 100%. decisions with their politicians and the, and the laws and policies they created. There's not much opportunity left over. There, there is going to be a reset. There's a debt reset happening. There will be an insolvency. You know, pension funds, institutional funds, they're all looking really scary. You know, yeah. there, will be a, there will be a reckoning, you know, that you hear MMT, the modern monetary theory guys throwing that shit out there. Well, to me, that's just the financial arm of UBI and the four socialism ideals that are being put on us. But, you know, wealth inequality is major. It is major. It's a real issue. Uh, it's just a matter of who gets to say how it's fixed. Yes. I don't want those freak, freakazoids and those, and those crazy people, those Marxists <laughs> telling me how to do it 100%. for Black Lives Matter because and, it doesn't work. And that's be, why I would, there will be corruption just like everything else. And that's why I would never just out and outright, you know, discredit the idea of reparations or something like yeah. that because the – you know, the, the systemic racism in the institutions that run America is definitely a problem. But on ground yeah. level, there's not a racism problem like they're making it out to be. You know, Agreed. It, it's Agreed. just a conflated issue that I wish, and this goes back to the NBA, and even if we're contrasting, this is the problem, right? Because we're contrasting some major human rights violations in your neck of the woods versus something that is conflated like information that's inaccurate and yet it's being given the gusto of legitimacy that's causing and fueling a lot of this stuff that's going on in the streets. One person, oh, one African-American yes, gets yeah. killed and it is a, it is a riot. It is, it is destruction, but we don't want to face the facts that more unarmed white people are killed by police officers every year in America than African-Americans are. We can't have that conversation. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem is we can't have that conversation. We can't say it without people freaking out. You know, there's a few things that I want to, you know, there's a few things about that. It's like, um, back to this. And I think you understand this too. The black community, they talk about it all the time. 
but they're always looking over their shoulder. And it'd yeah. be nice if they could walk around and not have to do that. That's what we're trying to get towards, right? But you're right. I think that we won't get to that until we can talk about all the issues without throwing a hissy fit. 100%. And we won't get to that. Oh, and this is this is talking about Ben. This is Iowa. We're circling back to Ben Shapiro. Got him. <laughs> uh, this is it. Got him. We remembered it. Thank you. I felt really bad. I felt old there for a minute, but I looked at the clock and said, fuck, it's been a long day. But yeah, one of the things he always asked for is in the moment, let's have some calm. Okay. Let's let the investigation play out. Let's find out what's going on. You know, when George Floyd died, no one was happy. No. No one was happy. No. I didn't know one person that said, fuck yeah. You know, yeah. no one, no one did that. Well, the only person that did Everyone... it that I know is Candace Owens. Really? She came what out she and was say? like, why are we so angry that George Floyd was killed? Um, oh, okay. why are yeah, we yeah, yeah, okay. up martyrs who are actually criminals who beat women and break into houses and blah, 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 okay. amphetamines, et cetera, okay. et cetera. Well, uh, what I'm saying is, is that people cheered that he was killed. Oh, I, right. I don't think she cheered. I think, I think she recognized that it was tragic that he was, killed. of course, of course. I think, I think nobody agreed with it. And that's the point. Like nobody did, but yet nobody. there was rioting. So what are we at a point now? See, you know, my friends on the left, and I got a lot of love for my friends on the left because you know what? I, I was an Obama supporter. Mm-hmm. I liked Obama when he was first elected. He was a big disappointment for me. Okay. I think things got worse under Obama. Uh, you know, but I've got a lot of friends on the left. I, I love them. I love my classical re- liberal crowd. I love where they are. They're like, you know, my cousins, right? Yeah. We're basically on the same side. And, you know, w- when we talk, when we talk, me, me and those guys, it's always about like, hey, you know, let, let, let's just keep it reasonable here. Okay, let's just keep it reasonable. We're, we're a couple reasonable guys. Let's talk about the 100% issues. And, you know, we are able to actually have that discussion privately. And I always say to them, I said, are we going to devolve into a world where we just throw fits? Yeah. And when something happens, we just throw a temper tantrum? Because that's what it looks like. And then, you know, you, the far left said, this is Trump's America. Well, okay, all right. But does that mean that every time something negative happens, you're going to lose your shit and go riot? Exactly. Were things that bad? Before COVID-19, Exactly. we had all-time unemployment numbers. The black community was well-represented in the employment uh, world. Latinos, the same thing. It was a striver's economy. It was like a low-level economy, a lot of low-level jobs. Mid-level yep. jobs were being employed in the energy sector. And, 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 and it was, it was working. And of course we had, we had COVID-19 and uh, the president's track record on COVID-19 is mixed. I think he's done some positive. He's done some negative. I think his messaging is always the worst part. I think he, he really could have messaged better, but that's a, that's a big topic we could talk about on his own, but is this is what it's going to be. And I have these talks with my classical liberal buddies and they're, and, and this is, and, and they, they say, they say like, I'm getting closer to voting for Trump. They say that to me. Because they're like, I can't, I can't stand for this. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't see a young man get killed by police and then decide that I'm just gonna shit's gonna hit the fan and we're gonna burn the place down. Yeah, without like Ben Shapiro says, going through the investigation and find out what happens. Hundred percent. Because then we find out like all kinds of stuff with with Jacob Blake, right? Yeah, he had some charges. He had a knife on him. He had some kids in the car. 
the cops weren't sure. Yep. I mean, there's always a story. I don't, think cop, I don't think cops are trigger happy right now. If you're a cop in the United States, the last thing you want to do is shoot somebody. Exactly. Come on, man. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So these, and, and so the these NBA players, they're anyways. reacting. Go on, go. Sorry. You know, I, I, hear, I hear the players, the way they talk. Well, I'm a man. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to represent for my family and stuff. Okay, fine. Yeah, all right. I get it. I love that man talk. I've, I've heard that. I said that as a youngster myself, too. But part of being a man is being patient and waiting and seeing what happens and not reacting and being emotional. I think we've seen a lot of emotion there. And I think we want to do, I think it's a lot of emotion. Like where's the emotion coming from? I think, yeah. Where's it coming from? I think, you know, leaders lead and, and followers get, you know, get led. And I think even people who appear to be leaders are easily led on the right topic when it becomes sensitive or seems mm. again, something that, you know, can further their brand or further their bottom line, you know, unfortunately mm. this is having the opposite effect. Ratings mm -hmm. for basketball are down. They're oh, threatening now. We haven't even mentioned that. Like, like what is it like at almost the two hour mark in the podcast? I'm almost out of batteries on my MacBook. And we finally mentioned that ratings <laughs> are way down. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like something to the tune of 50%. And if that goes down, it's crazy. After Disney have ponied up a billion dollars to get this uh, up and running again, you know, 300 million of this goes to the players, uh, 300 million goes to the owners and 500 million builds the whole setup, right? So yep. they better, they better hope that the, the public are not tuning out because of these social justice protests that are constantly being rammed in their face and down their throat because people I feel are getting sick of it and what the, and they're going away and they're not coming back because we have Darryl. so much stuff to fill our time with they are absolutely toning out because of it. A hundred percent. We haven't got the exit polling on why, but we know the numbers are big. And I'm a, I'm a golf guy. You know that it's what old athletes do. We play golf, you know, um, <laughs> and the rating, the ratings for the PGA tour are up. People are watching the PGA, you know, like they're getting, they're up now MLB and NHL and the NBA are all down. And we're going to see what happens with the NFL, but, you know the MLB and the and the and, and the NBA they've chosen to go a certain way, and I'm interested to see what uh, what the exit polls say. The numbers are down too far for it to be just because of COVID. Yes. And I think I don't know I I could be wrong, but after being sports starved, and having all of our sports taken away from us, and have them come back online, I, for us not to like sit in front of our TVs and watch that again is a big deal for me. Now yeah. we could say that we've been stuck in the house for months and we are outside enjoying the summer while it's there. That's an argument. That's definitely an argument. Yeah. And watching broadcasts and live uh, that, you know, catching them on the, the stream, we'll see how those numbers trickle in. Right. But I, the, the drop is too big this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like a few percent. It's big. And that tells me that people are taking a stand. You and I are doing a podcast about it. Yeah, it's two thirty in the morning in Taiwan. I'm talking to you in London, England. Exactly. We're making we're making time for this. You know what exactly. I mean? It's a big deal. And for people to poo poo it that are a certain like you know all the lefty bros out there that support this kind of thought, 
they're all like, no, man. Like, you know, I, I'm all up on my Facebook talking about it. And they're like, no, it's not. It's because of COVID. I'm like, I, I told you guys two years ago when I told you guys, I'm the base. You're not. It's too big you know, for I broke that. two. I broke two backboards in one week. I shattered <laughs> the glass twice on both ends of my high school gym in one week. Back in the day when guys weren't doing that at all. And I still don't do it that much. I was a certified baller okay like you know what i mean yeah, and yeah. i'm out i tell people that and i'm like you don't understand that i said you don't understand like like daryl look at that finger you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah you see i what show that you my knuckles looks on like? these like, ones that here finger don't go straight you know that's a straight finger you know what i mean like that, you know like, if you don't got that then exactly. you ain't a baller you know two dislocated middle fingers so, mate, and the, and and the people, bumps to prove it Ooh, middle fingers that's yeah man terrible. swiping the wrong way for a steal <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. How did that feel? Uh, terrible. Off a guy's like knee. Middle, yeah. Oh, really? Hey. It, it was brutal. Ooh. Oh, it was. Yeah, back I got I, down I, this way. It looked yeah, like I got. Ugh. Yeah. Well, at least they're straight right now. Mine never healed properly because you know I'm a knucklehead when it comes to injuries and stuff. <laughs> That's pretty good. But yeah, you know, like I, I, I try to tell, I try to tell these guys a couple years ago, it's coming. It, and it's and it's a it's a it's a buildup of things. I think yeah. most. Of, I, I think that if the NBA wants to get serious in their next collective bargaining agreement, they've got to sit down and address the matter of players switching teams so quickly. Yeah, I think if they do that, I think they'll be able to. Wet, I think you know, if if I had to write like a report for uh, the commissioner and the owners, I'd say address that. That's the most thing. Let the players let the players speak their mind. They're young. If they're not going to support China, if they're not going to do that, okay. I can understand it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just don't want LeBron to say that Daryl Morey is uneducated. I don't want him to say that. Okay. And I don't want him to throw it in my face so much, but yeah. if they've got their things they want to support. Hey, they got their corners. Brooks got his corners. We all got our corners. I'm okay. But I think that when you look at it comprehensively, something needs to be done and they can do it structurally by making it. So players don't move around so much. Let me get four or five years with Anthony Davis you know, under the new, under the new contracts. You yeah. Know, let me get, let's make sure Zion puts at least six years, maybe eight years in new Orleans. Let, give it time to marinate. Yeah. Nowadays players are like trying to leave contracts like almost right away. It's like, I don't know if you heard it, but there was a term that was coined called pre-agency, like, no. you know, like maybe a year or two years away from your, from your free agency. You like sort of like, you know, tell the ownership you're out so like right. trade me and get value so it's like it's like, like it happened with Kawhi in right. san antonio it was like you know it was it was it was two years before he was a free agent he said i want out and i'm not gonna play so you better trade me or my the longer i sit the lower my value gets right right so you better trade me right so it's I called pre-agency okay, so these yeah. players are actually hey and you know what hey you can leverage that and you can get a better situation for you you fine. I'm good for it. But you know what? Those rules got to be changed for the, yeah. for the continuity of the game, I think. And I'm not trying to ruin anyone's agency, put restrictions on them and stuff. But uh, I think that the league works better when you can invest in a superstar over, you know, like at least six years. Yeah. Build that market around kids, them. Let, let young kids grow up wearing that Jersey and buying yeah. those shoes. You know, I think that works, you know? So with that, I'm out of gas, bro. Mate. And I got 10% left. Mate. I left been, it all on the table for it's you It's been tonight. great. It's been fantastic. I even, I even lost my train of thought at one point. I was like, damn, you know? But Damn then we brought it back, back and around. I found it. I found it. So...
Well, mate, it was it was an absolute pleasure, and yeah. um, and I definitely want to do it again, but on a different. Let's get subject. back together. Let's get back together during election time because yeah. with this uh, that thing I told you about with the election integrity project, mm-hmm. these motherfuckers. You know, the Podesta people, the it's De Bruins, gonna be oh, dirty. Dude, the people that are out there, they're they're already they're already lining up to like implant this thought in our head that like the president is not going to leave office. Yes. Like they're already doing it, the the like jeez, man. Like and, and and that's why I want you to get on the pot the, the war room because they've been keen on that for about three weeks now. They've known right. about it, they've been talking about it, they've been breaking it down. Well, I wrote it's it down. Great, bro, it's a great like you know, you're into politics and you're into the game like I am. Like what I like about about myself and yourself is we break down politics like the NBA. Like I look at like say Trump and I analyze Trump based on like does he have a handle? What does his form look like on his jumper? Does he got hops? That's right. I look at these guys like that. You know what I mean? I analyze it. I break down politics. I see it that way. And to me, of all of the, the political content that I take in, ain't nobody doing it like the war room. They're giving nice. you the dope. They're giving you like the war room. Right. They're talking like, you know, like it is the straight dope. It's really cool. It's a really great behind the curtain podcast and uh there's like some regular contributors on it that provide some color you know yeah. some funny some energy and stuff like that that are really good but you know the basic the the basic normie lefty out there is going to hear me say Stephen Bannon oh he's a racist and all this <laughs> like nah man he's just he's a, he's a, he's a hawk he's a hawk he's an hawk. American hawk he's pro-america he's pro-national America he wants the end of the open border society he wants all that done but um, he's just an operator. He's a political operator like everyone else, you know. Well, let's but, uh, um, let's swing it back around because that's only yeah. uh, that's only a few weeks away, my friend. So, um, dude, it is right. It's like, gonna get, like, that's and, what eight. Yeah, that's like and, eight weeks away, dude. And and we're gonna definitely have some sort of a you know some sort of a reaction. Is it all gonna go that's silent afterwards? Away. Is it all gonna go silent, or is the whole place gonna burn? So, because I reckon Donnie for the win on this one. I don't. I don't think people are gonna come out for I, Joe in winning. any way. So, well, that's why. That's why they did this inte- election integrity project because yeah. they they war- did. You hear about that? How they war gamed it out, and they they did a simulation of different outcomes and different yes. possibilities, and 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 how they're going to execute it come election night. Like they're basically just gonna say like no. Biden don't like if, if Biden loses, just don't concede. Yeah. Well, Hillary's like, already come out black and, the, and white and said it, bro, dude. Oh God. Like really, this is where we're going with this. this? Is like where we're at. Oh man. It's big boy ball right now. These rich, powerful families, yep. organizations and corporations are at full scale war right now. Hundred full scale war. Real quick, well, I got you. Well, I got you Please. here. Um, you, you can, you can include this or not. You know, what did you think about that uh, Atlantic piece, Colin Trump about uh, the uh, the troops? How'd you view that? Did you see that? Did you view it? I didn't. Did it no. even register with you? No. Yeah, you know, because it really wasn't much of a big deal. Some of my friends jumped on it like it was a big deal, and they tried to spin it for about twenty four hours. What saying the troops are losers just, and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Which like, like that's not Trump brand. That, Get out of here with that. It, it, it's it's fucking ridiculous but you can see them squirming every single thing if that they can try mate if 
it, yeah, if they're willing to throw that article out there, right? With it's anonymous of anonymous of anonymous and unnamed and just throw that out there. If they're willing to do that, oh my God, dude. Nothing like, safe. What man. are we going to end up? Yeah. Like, I mean, you lived in Buffalo, right? I did. You know what I'm saying? Like, you lived in the States. You know what I mean? Like, you know what it's about. I, I don't know what's going to happen. One of the things, you know, the young guy uh, here uh, a few days ago, he said, hey, man, maybe, maybe just both sides just got to settle their differences. <laughs> and I said, hey, that's, I, you know, like part of, like I got, I got family members and friends who think that like the violence of America is a bad thing. And, and generally it is, but if you can't settle your differences, the only Something's way you settle give. it is by squaring up, you know, and they've survived a civil war once. I yeah. don't think they, I, I don't want a civil war, but I don't think that neither side's going to give in Daryl. Nope. And, uh, and, and ultimately civilizations and empires never last in perpetuity yeah. so you know sometimes yeah. things got to change and that's all it yeah. is but yeah man let's um let, let's awesome. let's do an episode on that because that that will we'll go deep on that as well mate but yeah um Absolutely. is there anything that you want to plug or anything you want to drop before we go <laughs> no I, I just um uh you know like i uh no i i i use my twitter account to follow other people yeah um i i i I, I troll and I get mad at people for their stupid stuff. Uh, but now I'm in this, just be a normal dude. You know nice what I mean? One. Um, I'm just, I'm just here to, you know, give you some perspective on your platform and uh, you know, let's do this again. And, and if this rolls into some, some kind of uh, you know, situation, I'm, I'm happy to do this with you. Love um, it. I, I'm glad that you're the one out of me and you and, and other guys that decided to do this because now I've got a friend who's got a podcast that has repetition and 100%. it's growing and I can help you with it and everything like that. I'm happy with it because now I can dip in and talk on the stuff that I'm passionate about um, with you. It's great, man. So well, I congratulations appreciate you, once brother. again. I yeah. appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you. And, uh, and thanks and, and, for uh, well, wait, 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 wait. I want to I give a shout out to Og. Go Og, um, I just want to say before I sign off that I know way more about the Middle East than you. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, we're done so that's awesome we're done all right d hodge love you thanks brother. a lot man i love you brother. yeah take care you be too, good brother. See you.